And here we go! This is the Ignite Rock Podcast where one week I interview those who are doing awesome stuff with WordPress and the other week I share some tips and advice on making the most out of your online business and career. Thank you for tuning in. And now, let's get straight on to the show. And here we go everyone, this is going to be a really exciting one today because this is someone that I'm getting to know more and more every day. Chris Marr is on the line and I really, really appreciate your time Chris, really can't thank you enough for using your time and effort to be here. So uh, I guess what I always like to do and start off with when I talk to anybody is just tell me about yourself, who you are, where you're from and how did you get to where you are today? Cool. Yeah, no, it's great to be here. Thanks very much for inviting me on, Ahmed. I really appreciate it. It's good. I'm really looking forward to talking about this topic. It's not something I get to talk about a lot. Well, I talk about myself a lot, but not talk about WordPress so much. So I'm looking forward to getting stuck in about that. But yeah, I think uh, I'm based, it's a sunny day. I'm looking out my office window here on the east coast of Scotland. I'm based in, my office is based in Kirkcaldy. Um, and uh, I've been here for, well, I grew up in Fife. I went to school here. I went to college here. I went to. Uh, I even went to university in Fife. How many people could say that? Um, and uh, you know, I've lived my whole life here. Uh, my parents still live here too. And I built my business here. And I've been. Uh, I've been a business person. I would say for about five years, five or six years. I've been involved in kind of like um, enterprise type projects. But the business I'm running at the moment, Content Marketing Academy, has been a business for just over four years we're we're into our fourth year or fifth year now we're into our fourth fourth year yes we're into our fourth year and we're just on our fourth year anniversary and um you know what keeps me busy every day is just working with our members um teaching curating live events organization marketing sales um all of that good stuff uh, communication podcast content love all of that kind of stuff so it keeps me really really confused I would like to get this out there um, as an agency, but we're not an agency. The Content Marketing Academy is a membership organization. So we teach the principles of content marketing and also other things like leadership, communication, sales, marketing, that sort of thing. It doesn't we have to cover a whole other host of stuff as well. Like, for example, this morning we had a webinar about productivity. So um, we are really, I think, long story short, a business growth membership organization that's really what we like to think we are and what the, the kind of things that we teach so um i spend a lot of my time working with our members and creating content for them and helping them inspiring them motivating them giving them new ideas and things like that to grow their business so um that's the content marketing academy it's really built around me we've got a tiny little team um and uh, yeah it's a great business we love it and we switched from being an agency private client business to a membership organization just last year so it's been an interesting uh, transition it's been a it's been brilliant um it's been it's just it's different but it's also better i enjoy it more so i'm really loving business just now and hoping that uh hoping that will continue definitely definitely i mean i, I guess uh, i should point uh, i put a disclaimer is that i'm also a member of the Content Marketing Academy and you know there's nothing wrong with that because I have admired what Chris done for many years I've known him what he's been doing through his podcast and stuff and that's you know benefit of content you get podcasts out there I listen to it I got to know Chris without him knowing me 
and uh, got to know what what he does. And I just got curious. I got I liked the idea, and I joined. So I've been mm-hmm. in the membership as of right now about three, four months now, and I'm already seeing the benefit of it as well. So it's just uh, it's a really, really awesome community to be a part of. And one thing that I've noticed, um, Chris, is that you know we both have a similar kind of start to the business world in that we both worked in full-time job. We both worked for many, many years. And really, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for being in full-time job for all the time, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. And, you know, I've always said that if it wasn't for my job, I wouldn't be able to do what I do right now. And you yourself, you've worked in not only a variety of industry, but you not, you didn't really set out to be an entrepreneur or a business person, business owner at all. Mm, that's right. So, so that's an interesting uh, point. And you're right. I think your story is your story, right? So I worked in a larger organization. It's who I am. It's part of me. Uh, I There's things that I regret about that, but there's also a lot of things that I wouldn't be here today because be, um, I'm here today as a result of as well. So I think it's easy to look back and say, I wish I'd done something earlier. Like I, it's easy for me to look back and say, I wish I started my own business when I was 21 and not 31, for example, right? Um, but actually working in a larger organization afforded me a training budget. I was learning a new thing every single year, going on different training courses, certificates. I had a team management leadership you know, facility. I was facilitating workshops from when I was 19 years old. You don't appreciate that until you actually go into the business world as a consultant or a speaker, even that you've actually had training since you know for 15 years in public speaking, essentially. So I think like it, that. You're right. It's easy to look back and kind of dismiss it, but it's actually been a great learning experience. And it wasn't even a marketing role; it was management and leadership that I was in. Customer service. Um, service. It was a service industry that I was in from a very young age and it teaches you a lot of things about how to work with customers how to deal with complaints uh how to deal with um team members um discipline human resources leadership training all of that kind of stuff so that's all been a big part of my background and i think that it's really led me to the to to have the the sort of main skill set that i have today and really my job today is about connecting people and curating uh talent and those are the two main things that I build my business on. So I think you're right. It's good to recognize where you, where you came from. But marks, interestingly enough, marketing really started to take a hold of me when I was into more middle management. So I was getting a bit more, a bit more senior in management and having a bit more responsibility about how we communicated with our customers. And this was about 2007, roughly. And things like Google Docs, Google Forms, Twitter, Facebook, all of that kind of stuff was starting to kind of like cause a bit of a stir um, and I started to use I've always been interested in computers from a very young age so I always wanted to make it easy for us to communicate with our customers but also operate as a team and we started to use things like Facebook groups and polls and uh, Google Forms to do lots of customer communication and I started reading books about social media marketing from a very age like Gary Vaynerchuk was one of the people that was there from a very from from the start as well when the social media started to cause a big scene and I was just heavily influenced by all of that and I started to just study on my own um in my own time about marketing and social media and content and that started to really that seed was planted for me back in about 2007 2008 as I started to do do different things in the business. And um, that's where my kind of 
marketing story kind of starts and that's where you know started to look at things like blogging and content and stuff like that so my 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 interests changed um and i started to get really excited about marketing and the one thing that you've mentioned is about Gary Vaynerchuk because I was going to ask you the next question is that I know that you kind of got inspired by his book, which is Crush It, and that kind of changed everything for you in terms of how you think about the world of social media, marketing, linking yourself between personal branding and being online, all these kind of things. So what was it about that book that really yeah. changed it for you? Yeah, good good question. Um like Crush It as I've talked to like you've just brought up. I mean I've brought I've talked up talk about it a lot. There was like a you know, when you look back, there's always like defining moments in your life, like transitions. That was one of them for me. It was just whatever. You know, you might read the book and think it's rubbish. But I read it at the time and it was just the right time for me to hear that message, whatever that was. And I remember one passage in there was about the about the C V or the resume being dead right in the future it's just not going to be a thing anymore and i thought you know what that that seems right to me so i said to myself you know what i'm never going to write another cv ever again and i'm going to start this blog and we can talk about that as we talk about um, the platforms but i started this blog thinking to myself right what i'm going to do is i'm going to put out my ideas into the world and instead of me sending out 50 cvs to different employers what i'm going to do is i'm going to write on one platform and hopefully what will happen is they'll come to me now at the time, I didn't think that that was me trying to be a business person or an entrepreneur or whatever, but that's that's exactly what was happening. And that's exactly what did happen is I got my first five-figure contract off the back of that original platform, the blog that I was writing, and it was just about customer service and leadership and communication. Gary Vaynerchuk, was a, the, the, that book was the thing that inspired me to go from not creating content to creating content, writing down 50 ideas, starting a blog, writing and getting it out there and even people at the time I remember and this wasn't 2010 was when I wrote my first blog article right so that was still in some in some ways quite late on in the blogging world right there's people who have been blogging for a lot longer than that and um, there was people at the time saying you know I wish I'd done that I wish I'd done the same thing and what I was actually happening there Ahmed was that I was trying to bridge I was exploring I knew that the career that I had there had a had a ceiling, right? There was only so far I could go. I only had the qualifications I had were limiting as well. As another part of my story is I went to university and got my business degree as well um, because I wanted to advance, have options and advance my career. And one of those things was to maybe become a consultant in a larger organization. But what ended up happening was I ended up starting my own business. So um, yeah, it was a very exploratory sort of time for me back then trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But what I really was doing was trying to create my own opportunities. I, I said to myself, I'll never write another CV again. I've stood stood by that. I've only ever been asked for a CV once since then. And I told them that I don't have one and I'm not sending you one. <laughs> and uh, because it's, I'm not in, we're not in traditional employment, it's not how it works. Um, so I hope that gives a little bit of an insight, but that's, that's what happened then was there was like a, you know, there was a fork in the road. I think it's happened like two or three times over the space of that, those few years, there was like forks in the road and I had to make a decision on which way I was going and what I was going to do. <clears throat> and I'm glad that that happened. Yeah, I, I think uh, we've all been there. I think when you're in university or you finish, even before that, in high school and you're sending off dozens and dozens of CVs and just hoping to see the um, anything come back from that. And it's a pain. It's such a pain. And, we, you know, you're right that it's only the past year where I thought, you know what? 
I don't want to send any more CVs right now. I'm just going to create my own opportunity, create my own destiny, and, you know, give it a shot from that. But by doing that, you have to be online. And, uh, if you know, I one of my, my favorite quote is uh, the one that you have mentioned many, many times is that if you are not creating content, you don't exist online. And it's something that I've used that to um to tell people you need to do something online because you haven't done anything. It's it's such a great thing. And if we're gonna, you know, move on to the whole concept of content, you create it consistently. You know, we all get it now, you love it, you're a podcaster, you're a blogger, you create videos, you train, you teach, you speak at events sometimes. And you you've all talked about helping other people and, you know, giving them an idea of what it can do for you for them. But why do you do it? What do you get out of creating all this content for you? It's a really interesting question. Um, the It just makes a lot of sense, right? So if you just understand the world and see what's happening, look at your own behavior, you know, you read a couple of books, some blogs, whatever, you just see that there's just no other way to build a brand effectively today, right? There, there's other ways to do it. Content's the most effective. Um, the other part of it, that the, the reason that I do it is it leans directly into me, my own philosophy as a business person. Right? I didn't know what who I was going to be, right? Uh, I, I'm in a traditional salesperson, for example. I've never been in sales, right, ever. Uh, you could argue that leadership is an element of sales, having to get people to do things they might not want to do, et cetera, and getting people, winning people over, et cetera. There's a certain amount of transferable sales there, but I've never been a traditional salesperson. So when it came to content marketing and social media, that just that just aligned directly with me already. I didn't have to, that wasn't difficult for me. And a lot of people, you know, say things like they hover over the publish button, worried about it. I don't worry about that sort of stuff. I um, have... I don't know, it just, it just made sense to me, uh, Ahmed. I don't know what to say. There was like a lot of, I guess in the early days, there was a lot of, you know, it was an element of being naive, I think, and just expecting things to work for me. Um, and it did. But I think the the other part of it was that it just felt natural to me. It just feels natural to me to, to turn up, create content. If you look at anything, if you just look at anything you want to do well in the world, if you want to be successful at anything, or if you want to be good at anything, like I've, I've got a lot, there's a lot of things actually in my life, like playing guitar, right? I've played guitar for 20 years. I know that if I want to get good at guitar, I'm going to have to practice every day. And I also know that the people that I look up to that have uh, sold, you know, 200 million albums in their whole career, they still play guitar every single day, right? They don't stop. You have to keep practicing. You have to be keep improving. There's always room for improvement. Dancers, singers, fitness instructors, runners, any sport, training a dog, right? consistency is the key to success right it's like honing that craft and for me that was content teaching uh sharing um understanding uh being a better writer for example a better communicator generally speaking podcasts videos all of that stuff is me honing a craft of becoming a world-class communicator and um i think that's why i do it at a very high level per for personal reasons is so that i can be better a better communicator and whatever i do in the future whatever business i run whatever uh, projects i get involved in you know whatever it might be all of the stuff i'm doing is is practice it's just setting me up for success in whatever whatever i do and it's the same for everybody else whether you see it or not that that's 
that's at the core of of content marketing i think for me um is just being able to practice that and hone that craft but then you know if you get to a different level like a deeper level in that there's just having you know what i was thinking about this this morning this is a kind of very off the cuff thought ahmed i want to share with people is that i'm reading a book just now called the daily stoic right it's a single page every day for every single day of the year and you read it and then this one it said something like you can you can there's always room to do your work right so it talked about theodore roosevelt who was confined to a wheelchair and his response was it's fine i can still do my work or i'll do my work anyway nothing will stop me and it got me thinking about john morrow right john morrow has got some uh, a, a motor neuron uh, ch- disease challenge right he's refined to a wheelchair right but he's a very massively successful blogger and entrepreneur right he was able to do his work anyway and it just makes me think, just talking about this today with you as well, it just makes me think that it's almost like if you're not creating content, it's not that you don't exist, but you actually are renegading on your responsibility to share today, right? You've got the only reason, the only barrier between me and an audience and building an audience and having impact on the world, a positive impact on the world is my ability to jump onto the internet. And that's available. If you're listening to this right now, that's available to you too. So the keyboard, writing, sharing. I actually believe wholly that if you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in the third sector, charity, social enterprise, if you're, you know, if you're interested in something or you're an expert in something, fashion, whatever, you've actually got a responsibility to share and educate and teach. I think that's, yeah, I think that's more important to recognize. So that's the reasons I do it, but it's also the reasons potentially that other people should be doing it too. I agree. No, I, I agree. I think um, people underestimate how much they know and they always think like, you know what, I don't know enough or I don't know as much as the next person or I don't think I have anything to share, but I always disagree. One is that you are bound to know more than a lot of people, whatever you do. And the other thing is that, you know, your way of communicating, your way of passing on that message and sharing, it will probably resonate more to a specific tribe. And the yeah, thing yeah. I, I heard somewhere is your vibe is your tribe or something like that. And, um, <laughs> you know, and it just makes sense because your way of communicating that message will attract the right kind of people. You don't have to attract everyone. It's just your people. And uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I quite like a lot of what you said. I, I definitely resonate yeah. with that. There's a movie as well. I can't remember the movie. It's Leonardo DiCaprio imitation. Uh, what is it? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, he pretends to be a teacher in the movie, right? um uh he's a oh god what's it called it'll come it might come to me but anyway this the story is still the same right so leonardo dicaprio pretends to be a teacher in a psychology class i think it is but he manages to teach the class for a whole semester knowing nothing about the subject and uh, he gets caught and um the, the person that catches him says to him how did you manage to do this every single week for a whole semester and teach this class and knowing nothing about it and he said i just needed to be one chapter ahead of the class so yeah. back to your point, Ahmed, if you are, if you feel like you're in a position where you're like, I don't know enough, you, all you need to do, all you need is a, to know a little bit more than everybody else, mm-hmm. right? A little bit more than your audience. So never feel like just because you don't know everything, you know, that's not a good enough reason not to share. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what movie is that, but now I feel like I have to watch it. So, um, that's brilliant. What is, I, I, I actually don't know it. I don't know. I'm going to have to, uh have to look into it right now 
and find out. But I'll, yeah, I'll look into it when we're when we're when we're talking. I'll, it will come to me. I just can't remember what it's called. I guess um, anyway. it, it, it's a classic case <laughs> of all of the imposter syndrome. You know, people are afraid of um, you know yep. being fake and looking fake, but you're not. You're not looking fake. You know, at the end of the day, you're right. If you're one chapter ahead of everyone else, if you are, you know, have that a little bit extra knowledge than everyone else, then you have something to share and something that no one else will know or no one else will have heard of and things like that. So, yeah, I I agree with you with everything that you said. Yeah, the movie is a uh, catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. Right. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that. Um, I'll I'll uh, I'll definitely put that in the show note because uh, you know it's it's a good reference point. I think uh, it's a good point that you mentioned there. So then uh, you know obviously with all this content and stuff, you know they all have to go somewhere. And yes, there's a lot of offline based content in terms of speaking and teaching and these kind of stuff. But there's a lot of online based content, and uh, you know this is where we talk about WordPress and uh, how you use it. So. I'm very sure. curious to know is that, you know, what is your first experience with WordPress? How did you come across it? And also, why did you choose WordPress in the first place as well? Well, I didn't, actually. Um, so I'll share that story with you. Uh, basically, well, I remember, this is a funny, this is this is really quite frightening thinking, going back to the space in my head. Because I knew, I knew nothing not a single thing about WordPress uh, when I first started with WordPress. Not a nothing, nothing. Right? I just have to really emphasise this. <laughs> not a thing. And this is going back to right. So I mentioned my first blog already, which is a quite a nice open look to kind of to 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 bring in. Is that I wrote my first blog on Blogger, okay, which is the Google platform. Mm-hmm. It is terrible. When you're wanting to go even just a little bit deeper into or become a little bit better with blogs, you want more design or more, you want an actual website essentially was what we were trying to build out of it. But Blogger sucked. And I I think I wrote my first few blog articles on Blogger and there was lots of HTML and me trying to figure out how to like align images and all of that stuff. It was painful. And then I I had a meetup with a group of people and I just so happened to sit next to someone who just knew a little bit more about WordPress than I did. I knew I knew that I needed to get onto WordPress, but I didn't know how to. And the, she helped me to just, in my head, make a decision to go and figure it all out for myself. So now, the, the key thing here, though, is that I'm not like... I'm not any any smarter than, than the next person, right? I just You just have to, you know, figure this stuff out for yourself sometimes. So that's exactly what I did. I watched a couple of tutorials. I think, like... Thinking back, like Michael Hyatt was important for me. I'm pretty sure I watched a video of his at the time or something. Someone had a tutorial on how to set up a WordPress website. It's a lot easier now today than it than it has been. But um, back then, I went from basically writing my first blog on Blogger, and then I quickly moved over to WordPress. And the reason for that was that it's just a much more flexible platform and i wanted to have my own domain name and i wanted to start building a website essentially and in order to do that i needed to have my own self-hosted wordpress and did you i mean it, it could be about your blog website or it could be about your business right now but you know what was the process for you to get it off the ground did you do it yourself or did you get someone else mm-hmm. to do it for you how, how did it work i did it all myself everything was done by me i think at some points over the over my whole career Okay, so in the start, I think I used a couple, maybe a couple of freelancers, um, but only to do small jobs like maybe change a header or 
like do it wasn't it was definitely not um to do like des- design or develop a website for me i did it all myself it was terrible though ahmed it was terrible really bad um it's just the worst <laughs> but it, 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 i'm not kidding uh it still got me business it's scary but it did it did work it did get me business so even just having a blog was enough for people to see that i was doing something different regardless of how terrible it looked so um yeah, there was a lot of trial and error in that early days. I mean, I was certainly, I think, with things being a lot easier today and, you know, barrier to entry lower, costs lower as well. Themes have come on a lot since then as well. I feel like if I was to start again, but start again today, I think I'd have a much better um, shot at bat with, uh, with the tools that are available to us now um, in terms of what was happening back then. It wasn't, it just wasn't the same um, uh, back in 2010. You know, we've come a long way in the last seven years. Definitely, definitely. And you made a good point, though, that, you know, you did it yourself and you can start off yourself. And it doesn't have to be perfect in the beginning. And a lot of people, they think that, you know, on a website or the, even the content or anything, it has to be perfect before they publish it or make it go live. But, you know... By your own admission, you have said that it was a terrible website, but it worked at that time. It got you business. It got you out there. Mm-hmm. And and that's the whole point, isn't it? I mean, people are always worried about that. Am I capable of, of starting a website? I don't know how to um, design or I don't know how to code yeah. and whatever. But you don't need to. You don't need to. You just get mm-hmm. a very basic site and build it from there. You just build it and grow and grow and from there. And you're right. Mm-hmm. WordPress makes it so easy to start off from scratch. And just because it's not perfect doesn't mean that you're not going to, you know, you're going to stay like that forever. Mm. It's a starting point. And that's it's yeah, a, it's there's a good point. Exactly. And like, I think the, the point there is that your your website is never perfect, ever. So like, you, you just, it's a, it's a false, it's a, it's a false falsity. I don't even know as a word. It's just a, it's a thing that doesn't exist. Right. So even to even, to even, think that one day your website will be perfect is insane right it's just never going to be that way yeah. so you need to kind of like release yourself from that as even a, as a thought and then just start i mean just to give you another bit of insight i've had a quite a a term there's been a bit of turmoil in my wordpress journey i think but even fast forward the clock two years so we're into 2012 uh 2012 or 2013 i can't remember but my business today the the website if you go to cmauk.co.uk and if you go to that website that used to be a website associated with what the business used to be called which was learningeveryday.co.uk right and we, we took basically the content marketing academy started off as a live event I'll try, I'll try and not make this too complicated we had two websites one was for the content marketing academy which was our live conference and learning every day was our consultancy agency and what we did was we put we changed the name of the business and we put both of those websites together and called it the Content Marketing Academy, right? So we had tons of legacy stuff in there, like plugins and blogs and different themes and short codes. And oh, it's an absolute nightmare. Um, and I think if I was to do that again, I would start from scratch with a nice, new, fresh WordPress install. But the point I was wanting to make there was that even getting into starting... So my original blog was literally a blog. I wasn't starting a business. I was starting a blog, but I got business from it. When I even started my business blog, it, it literally was a single-page blog website on learningeveryday.co.uk, which doesn't exist anymore. And it was it was about, I can't remember exactly what time it was, but it was about six or eight months before I started trading as a limited company. And I just started a blog. I was like, I'm going to start writing 
blog articles about marketing because I'm that's where I'm going. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know anything yet. But all I need to know is I need to build up this content. So my business today, the one that we're talking about, the Content Marketing Academy, literally started off as a single WordPress blog. Wow. And that tells you everything. Yeah. If, if a journey, isn't it? If a, if a journey, yeah. you don't start and then, and then we, yeah. with it. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I agree we started and and you're right, you know, the, the day that you think your website is complete, oh, you're fooling yourself. You really are fooling <laughs> yeah, yourself. Exactly. There's no way that's ever going to happen to anyone. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, a one-man band or you are Amazon or whatever, it's never complete. It's just never complete. That's right. Yeah, you're just always growing. You're always growing. And that blog that we wrote, that I started writing, uh, we just added an about page, a contact page, a home page, services pages. You know, it was very organic. I'm not, you know, I, I guess the point here is though is that, like for example, right now we're investing a lot of money in a couple other websites, right? And they're getting built in the background, and they're going to come out like they're going to launch, right? That's me four years into business now, and making a little bit of money, enough money to invest in our brand and all the rest of it, but. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all the other stuff that I've done well and or badly. And I think that you might, it's a bit of a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a little bit of a romantic notion that you need to spend five grand on a website when you start your business. That's not true. Um, you could, but that money could be probably better spent on something else at the beginning. I think it's important to have an online presence. I think that you can build a website that's good enough for the start of your business, probably on your own or by getting help from freelancers um, and having a smaller budget. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it is entirely possible to start organically and build up to something where you are starting to invest more in your website platforms. I guess the key message is that you're improving all the time or you're trying to better yourself all the time. And, And I think that that you know, that comes back into my own philosophy of just constantly improvement, improving, always learning. Yeah, always be learning. I'm a big believer of that. I agree with you. So then, uh, you know, you talked about all these plugins and stuff, and uh, I- I'm wondering, do you have a, a favorite plugin at all? And if you do, how did it help you? A favorite plugin? God. Uh, and don't worry, you have I mean, over 51,000 yeah. to choose from, so um, <laughs> to make it easier no pressure. for you. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, like, you know what, we, I think, recently i would say within the last year really try to reduce the amount of um you know what i found with plugins is the more you use the more i see, the more i seem to spend on my website like time wise and effort trying to make things work so when i did a refresh of our of our website last year or 18 months ago i really reduced a lot of things like for example we took away our sidebar right and as soon as i did that there was like three or four plugins that I just didn't need anymore mm-hmm. because they were to do with the sidebar um so and then we picked a theme for example that had a lot of it already coded in you know like um blog footer call to actions header call to actions already coded into the website uh, the website theme so that we didn't have to really use any plugins so we try to reduce that as much as possible can you tell i'm avoiding the question so i guess like one of the best plugins one of the plugins that i always install on our websites is discuss the comments platform i love that and just making sure that they've got a good comment experience for people on our website um i'm trying to think like one of the you know we use member press which is which is a which is a premium uh plugin um and 
Oh God, I can't even think, Ahmed. You've kind of—I'm trying to think what. <laughs> I, I, you know what? The the plugins that we use are typically ones that we have that we feel like are absolutely. And the reason I, I think I'm struggling to find the, think of one is because they're so uh, important. Like the the you wouldn't actually run a website without them. Like for example, Yoast, right? We I've used it for years, and it's it's just one thing that if you were putting a WordPress install, it would be one of the first plugins, certainly, that I would put in there. It's just a bit of a no-brainer, really. So Yoast is in there. Um, I think this is where you get to the point where I'm, I get into my head that, uh, that as soon as it gets into something that's a little bit more technical, I just don't do it anymore. I used to, to be honest. But if it gets into the technical space, I'm off to getting someone else to help me with that. You know, like Stripe plugins and email um, plugins, ConvertKit, all of that stuff. We've got all of that working on our website. Um, but I would say <laughs> favorite plugin, I think, that helps us to run our website. You know, it's probably something like a Yoast. It's a fairly important plugin. And when it comes to having other people in your team using your website and creating content for you and publishing content for you, I think having something like Yoast in there helps other people to get things mostly right. It's, uh, well, I mean, you've, you've mentioned several very popular ones. You discuss and uh, MemberPress and Yoast. For a lot of people, you know, they are kind of essential for them. And mm -hmm. I guess for you, in your case, you know, organically you got to your side you want people to engage with your content you've got discuss and of course you're a, a membership uh, website you know and member press makes sense to you so you know it, all that makes sense to me as well so everyone has their own specific needs just because i'm asking you your favorite plugin it doesn't mean that you know you the listeners should install all three of them because That's you true. need it yeah. no it's just specific yeah. to your website needs you don't need member press yeah. if you don't have a membership website for example so True. Yeah. I think the key thing for me is, as I've kind of grown as a as a business, I think I went from being very much solopreneur, I will do everything myself, to understanding that my time was better spent on other things. So I literally, when I'm when I'm working, if I ever do anything on our website and I get to the point where I have to do some coding, I stop immediately, mm -hmm. right? Because that's someone else's job now. I have to outsource that or get someone else to help me with it, um, and massively like focused on making sure that my website makes me money okay so in the early days there wasn't that it was like oh let's play with this stuff let's have fun let's play with the plug what does this fancy thing do and now i'm like is it going to get us sales <laughs> is it going to actually drive more traffic is it going to make money because if it isn't going to do those things then i'm really questioning why we're even paying attention to it so i think you, you just change your you know your focus over time and you start to realize like what's worth your time and what's not and um what's your job and what's not as well yeah yeah and there's no shame in outsourcing you know just because uh you have to outsource doesn't mean that you know you're admitting defeat no I'd, I'd rather pay someone to fix something that takes them half an hour than i spend five hours to do it so you know there's nothing wrong with that and you're allowed just... to do that over time so I, I think it's absolute that you that you do do it. I don't think like I think there's strength in it. So um, it comes back to just having a really good idea of what your job is and what your job isn't, and knowing that there are people out there like you, Ahmed, that can do things better, and faster, and actually more affordably than I can. Because if I get you to do, if I if you can do a project for me, I can be focusing on something else, and that's. That's a great thing. Like, and, and not just focusing on something else, but actually focusing on the thing that only I can do. 
as opposed to um, something that someone else can be doing for me that better, faster or cheaper than, than me. So uh, I think there's massive strength in finding that um, over time that you start to use people for the skills that they have. You're doing, you're doing, them a, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing them a disservice as well. So um, use people with the skills. Use them. Definitely. Definitely. And obviously, you know, this brings me to my next question, which is, you know, you're talking about using strength. So my question to you is that uh, what is your biggest strength? What's my biggest strength? Um, yeah, I think my, I've been asked this before, um, what's, uh, what's your, your, um, yeah, what's your biggest strength? I think like there's two main things that really, really go hand in hand and, and I never knew that. Honestly, never knew this four or five years ago. Um, and it's only been really clear, I would say, in the last 12 months what what I really what I should be focusing on as, as my strengths. And it's connecting people, right, and curating talent. Those are the two things that really, there's lots of sub things that go with that. But those are the two sort of higher level strengths that are required for me to build my business. Um, I can give you one or two examples of that, like curating talent. What I mean by that is finding speakers for our live event, for example, finding people to do webinars, curating talent could also mean finding great pieces of content out there that are going to be great for our members. Uh, and connecting people is just about network growth and my business, the Content Marketing Academy is a community, a network of people. So if I wasn't very good at connecting people and uh, finding great people, then that I wouldn't have a yeah, I wouldn't have a business. So those are the two the two key core strengths. So back to our earlier point, if I can find someone to do that, anything other than those two things or anything that will help me to do those two things better, then that would be a good use of my money. And outsourcing or insourcing something else to allow me to spend more time on those things is very much in my best interest. Yeah, that's very cool. And I, I like that. Um, two very good points. That, and two things that a lot of people can benefit from and learn how to do as well. So, no, I like that you shared these two strengths. So, um, in contrast, then, what is your biggest weakness and how do you overcome it? Biggest weakness is probably... That's a really good question. It's a hard one for a, for a business person to answer, typically, because I think they can do everything. Mm-hmm. Um my biggest weakness is, God, um, it's probably a mix of things, but mainly probably stems from organizational skills. So I think my biggest weakness is being able to say, for example, um, something comes up and there's a lot of tasks associated with it. I might write them down, but then not actually communicate them to anybody else. The organizational skill that is really required for that is for me to be able to delegate quickly and trust other people to do the work that I need them to do. So letting go, I guess, and delegating uh, clearly, uh, delegating um, quickly and clearly. Um, So communication and organizational skills together, I feel like are are one of the areas that I'm, so it's a weakness. It's also one of the areas I see as being my, the place I really need to that I'm spending a lot of time working on. So as we've we're bringing in help, like for, um, we've got a business manager that helps us, um, and she works virtually. So I need to be able to communicate with her very regularly and put tasks in into some sort of organisational 
system that will help her to do her job better. And I think that that's my biggest weakness is just staying and disciplining myself to be organized and more and more organized all the time. And I find it, I find it challenging, especially when I've been used to just doing whatever I want when I want, but you've got to, over time, I think I've had to become more organized, much more planned, um, you know, into the future. And um, yeah, I'd say that was my biggest weakness, but also the thing that I'm spending the most time working on. And it's interesting because, you know, you, you say you spend a lot of time on that and um, it's something that you develop over time. So you're right. I think uh, I'm in the same shoes as you in terms of like you want to do everything by yourself and sometimes you struggle to delegate or to outsource or anything related to that. But, uh, but then you have to realize that one, you want to do it eventually. You might need to do it eventually if you want to grow. And two, you have to learn to let go. And uh, if for anyone who started up their own their own baby, if you like, and uh, it's kind of difficult to let go of your precious, precious, you know, thing that you've worked so hard <laughs> in, the, in the long term. So it, it, it makes sense, you know, and I think a lot of um, entrepreneurs, business owners will uh, definitely resonate with that. So. Yeah, very, very cool as well. So um, in that sense, if we're going to round everything up and finish it all up and uh, we got all sentimental about it, what are you most proud about with your business? Uh, I am proud about the fact that I was able to start something for ab- from absolutely nothing. And I'm proud that I got through all of the challenges that we've had along the way and will still be more to come and that I'm still here. <laughs> uh, been able to run a business and talk to you like I'm still uh, the fact that I'm still able to to do this is is something I'm massively proud of the fact that we've got a little bit of money and the business is growing and that we're you know we're on a good path uh, I'm just proud that we've been able to actually actually achieve it against all well what seemed like a lot of odds against us so yeah I'm proud that you know that yeah, I've managed to build something on my own and yeah. yeah, I think it's a massive achievement for anybody that's been in business for three plus years that you've managed to get that far and um, still be able to grow. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really happy that I'm able to, you know, looking back over the last 10, uh, last sort of like six or seven years, being able to sort of say that that first blog I wrote on Blogger has morphed into this, which is pretty cool, I think. And that's exactly what I was just going to mention is that people should be aware that, you know, what you started off with a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, it won't necessarily stay like that forever. You will pivot, you will adjust along the way, and you have something completely different to what you had many, many years ago. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And I guess it just goes back to what we're saying about in the beginning, just because it's not perfect, that's not a bad thing. You will grow to something that kind of suits you along the way and um, mm-hmm. I guess you know you're definitely an example of that Chris that you've done that you started on a you know supposedly awful blogger platform I've never used it but you know to get to where you are today you know it just shows yeah. that you know you started off from nothing to creating mm-hmm. a mini empire of yourself so yeah it sounds yeah really, really I think cool. um, Zig Ziglar said it best one of my favorite quotes that stuck with me for a long time is that um you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. I agree. And I think that's that's really what we're talking about. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a perfect way to finish things off. So, um, Chris, I mean, I really appreciate your time again and, and sharing so much wisdom and insight. And uh, I guess before we finish off, 
you know, where, where would be the best place for people who want to connect and find you? Yeah, sure. If anyone's got any thoughts or ideas or questions they want to ask me or pick my brain about anything we've covered today, then the, the best place to find me is on Twitter at chrismar101. And you can get me there and, uh, yeah, look forward to connecting. Perfect. And I will make sure to include these uh, links in the show notes. So, uh, Chris, thanks again for, uh, for being online. Thank you. Awesome, man. It's been great fun. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Ignite Rap Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed the show. And if you want show notes, all you have to do is visit ignitebrock.com forward slash podcast. And don't forget also to leave a review on iTunes if you have enjoyed the show. It would make me a very happy guy and I would really, really appreciate it. In the meantime, let's rock with WordPress.